Blog Talk Radio. Hey everyone, my name is Russ Terry. I'm founder and CEO of Life Coach Radio Networks and the Power Network, and we are super excited to be with you tonight. Fade to Black, a conversation about race in America, part two. We had an interesting show last time, which we'll talk just a tiny bit about momentarily, but tonight it's going to be a lighter tone, and uh, we'll hopefully share some insight, of course, uh, have a little bit of fun. Um, People will learn some stuff, myself included, and uh, hopefully everybody will be feeling good about uh, the world we live in by the end. So without further ado, let me make sure to introduce and bring on my esteemed co-host for these Fade to Black episodes. Tanja Poinsett is a life coach and a passionate woman who wants to make the world a better place. And I'm lucky and grateful to be working with her on these episodes. Tanja, how are you doing tonight? I am doing very well, Russ. Thank you. That was such a beautiful form <laughs> introduction. I always appreciate you. You know that. I just love you. I think you're a great person. I am looking forward to continuing tonight's conversation. And um, as you said, it will be a much lighter conversation <laughs> than our last conversation, but it will be fun nonetheless. <laughs> yes, for those and of you who do yeah, for those of you who tuned in that night, we had a Trump voter on. Uh, God bless him for having the courage to be outnumbered. <laughs> and uh, he wouldn't go quite as far as saying Trump supporter, Trump voter. Um, so obviously there's a difference there. But it was a heavy episode, and uh, I think we all exhaled uh, when it was over. But nevertheless, it was a good discussion. Um, but tonight really we're going to talk. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Tonight we're going to talk first about interracial dating, but also some cultural misconceptions that black and white people have, and uh, also black hair and corporate America. So, Tanja, you came up with these topics, and I think they're fantastic. What motivated you to want us to talk about them on the air? Because these are things that we encounter in our everyday lives. You know, there's levels to racism, and I think these are just sort of the kind of uh, incidents that black people run into every day. It's things that black people and white people think about every day when we turn on the television, when we listen to the radio, when we're in the living room with our friends. You know, we're having that living room conversation where we don't want anyone else to hear what we're really thinking. So that's why I wanted to talk about these things, and I'm hoping that, you know, we can just open the forum up a little bit so people are more comfortable with just getting to know one another and, you know, being in a place where you can say, you know, I'm really curious about something and then have, you know, the response not be in uh, defense but, you know, in genuine, in the spirit of genuinely just wanting to learn about one another and not being offended if someone asks you about something. Well, I love your um, desire for um, problem-solving and your curiosity and, uh, of course, your desire to make the world a better place. I think, um, you know, as it relates to, let's say, interracial dating, which we're going to start with, I think um, 
hopefully at some point this becomes a non-issue and nobody is talking about it in the future because that generation or those generations don't think anything of it. It's normal to them. Whereas I think those of us, maybe that are Gen X or baby boomers, you know, the older somebody is, the more rare it is, um, the more it's something that's potentially an issue, et cetera. I think a lot of us have experienced it regardless of what side we were on. And um, I think uh, it's something that when it is an issue, it's disappointing that it's an issue because I know I don't think it should be an issue. It concerns me when I think about, like you said, the baby boomers and the Generation X because when I think about those who um, who raised their children under that under that fear of, you know, getting to know another race and, you know, growing up believing all of these misconceptions. It also, it fears me to think that it will just continue generation after generation because we're looking at hundreds of years gone by. And I really thought, I, I really, really thought that by 2017, almost 2020, I really thought that this would not be as big an issue as it is. But And it really pains me when I see younger generations you know, getting involved into all of this racial uh, hatred and the attitude, the climate, it really saddens me because it makes me think, what's going to happen for our future? You know, when at the end of the day, we're all the same and we want the same things. If we can just get everyone to at least agree upon that, I think that's how we start moving forward. Well, you made an interesting point a second ago about um, the generations raising kids and um, raising them to th- what raising them in terms of what they should think. You obviously have a son, a freshman in college. Is it something that you've discussed with Malcolm? We've had to have that conversation because uh, my son went to a predominantly white school. And um, most of his friends, I would probably say about 98% of his friends are white. And um, it was a concern in total transparency. It was a concern for me um, about what he would think or how he would interact with other black people. And I worried if he would become complacent with some of the negative things that are, you know, inappropriate racial slurs or, you know, nicknames or something, I was worried that he would become comfortable with that. So it was always trying to keep him aware of who he was, where he came from, but at the same time not having him get that comfortable with being around other white people where he would tolerate being called out of his name or even being in that in that midst of that conversation. So that has generally been a conversation, and it, and it continues to be, and it continues to be. As a black mom of a black child, a black male child, we always have the conversation about the police still. You know, I have to remind him, you know, make sure you're mindful, don't wear a hat while you're driving, make sure everything's working. It's a continuous conversation, Russ. Wow, which I can't imagine the burden that that puts on you. Well, it doesn't really consume our lives. But it's just something you think about right before he goes out, and it's something when it's past the time he's supposed to be back in that you think about, that you worry about. And I think if I think a lot of people, parents, probably take that for granted. If you're not a person of color, you take that freedom, that 
that ease of mind, that peace of mind. You know, parents are always going to worry when their kids are out, but we just have that extra layer, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I don't know personally, but I know because it's something we've discussed on air a number of times, and um, I'm sure we will continue to discuss uh, I want to uh, have you bring in our caller. So if you're interested in calling in and making a comment or asking a question about interracial dating, um, black hair in corporate America, cultural misconceptions about black and white folks, uh, our number is 619-924-0980. That's 619-924-0980. Once you dial in, press 1 if you want to make a comment or ask a question. All right, Tanja, I'll have you bring in our first caller. Our first caller is a very, very good friend of mine. Her name is Lisa Hurley. And Lisa and I have known each other probably over 30 years now. Her daughter is my goddaughter. And Lisa is a black woman, and she is married to a white man. And she was gracious enough to uh, talk to us a little bit about what that experience has been like. Welcome, Lisa. Thank you so much for being on with us. Hi, guys. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Lisa. So, Lisa, what has your experience been like being in a long-term interracial relationship as a black woman in that relationship with a white man? Well, I have to start off with I had never dated a white man in my life prior to this. Um, And in in all honesty, I had reservations um, for a number of reasons. I probably, until that time in my life, never really interacted the way I did with white people or people, just a mixed group of people. I was raised black schools, all the blacks hung out together, and I and this is in New York City, mind you. Um, and when I started working, I met other people, all kinds of people, people that, you know, are still very good friends of mine to this day. And um, so I had reservations, but you fall in love with who you fall in love with, ultimately. And... Um, I probably had more reservations about what my community would think, um, my parents would think, uh, and, um, you know, but ultimately I had to go with my heart. So that's what I did. And I... Thank you. Oh, we may have lost lost Lisa momentarily. Hopefully she dials back in. Um, Oh, oh, man. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, kudos to her that she uh, has persevered uh, through that. And I think uh, in terms of when we start a job post-college or post-high school or whatever, often we meet people who are different from us, even within our own community. And I think that's really a pivotal time in our life that we can start to open ourselves up to other people who are different from us in multiple ways, whether it's as friends, as a potential love interest, et cetera. 
All right, here's Lisa. Uh, Lisa, you're back on. Can you hear us okay? Yes, yes, I'm sorry. I don't know how much of that you uh, you got. We got it all, and then... <laughs> got a good uh, piece. <laughs> yeah, you dropped oh, okay. when you were done talking, so it was perfect. So, oh, okay, okay, good. Let me ask you this. What would you say is the part about uh, being in a long-term interracial relationship over the years that you're the most proud of? Well, of course, my children. (laughs) Um, My children and and the people that they've become. Um, They know who they are. They know that they're half white and half black, and they're proud of both. Um, I think, you know, as they were growing up, I probably was concerned, just as Tanja mentioned, about them being in touch with the black side and and not being ashamed of it because Tanja's goddaughter, actually, you probably wouldn't even know she was, I don't know, Tanja, what do you say? Do you, you Does she look half black to you? That wouldn't, that wouldn't be your first impression if you saw that her. That wouldn't be your first impression. And I'm just proud that she's proud of her mother and her blackness and, you know, it's it can be difficult for her because of that, because she said to me one time, you know, um, I'm not black enough for the black people and I'm not white enough for the white people. Oh, and, man. yeah, that really strikes a chord, you know. But I think she's managed to just be who she is and navigate through life. And, listen, it's hard for, you know, <laughs> Growing up black, <laughs> you know, it's just not an easy thing. Right. It really isn't, even in a city like New York City. <laughs> you know, I, I can Which, kind of relate a little bit to that because, Russ, you know, believe it or not, even if you don't look 100% black, um, like my goddaughter Jordan, Lisa's daughter, even my son has said that, you know, or has said something similar to that where mm-hmm. he doesn't really, he's not really fitting in with the black kids because maybe he's not doing something that may be mainstream that's going on, you know, around in our area. And most of his friends live a good, you know, 30 or 40 minutes away or more. So I don't think even in Jordan's case where she's interracial, we can't even even pinpoint it just to that. This is just yeah. if if you're a black kid and you go to school with other white kids and you have white friends, you may get some slack about that. Mhm. Mhm. Absolutely. Absolutely. But uh, what think, about your um, youngest daughters? What about Drew? Because um, Drew, maybe if you look at Drew, you could say, "Hmm." So, has Drew ever yeah, came she, home and you know, with anything from school comments made? Listen, they both have gone to schools where it's probably majority white. I mean, there's Hispanic and there's some black, but, um, yeah, she's, I mean, she's heard things and she speaks up about it, <laughs> you know? I mean, that's that's the best I have. She, she both of them, they hear, and it's not just about, oh, a white person said something about it, but anybody, anybody. Mm-hmm. They they know it's just not you know an Asian person a Hispanic we they they know we don't do that and they will speak up about it. 
when you and Patrick Absolutely. were dating, um, have you ever encountered it, someone saying something to you, making a comment because you were with a white man or to you know, him because he was with a black um, woman? Nobody's ever made comments directly, but, you know, we get looks or, you know, you you get that. Um, but no, no direct comments. And I will say this, that probably most of the plaque has come from my community. So that I will, I mean, I don't, as far as he's concerned, I, I just don't think that anybody would just, uh, they, they know, they just, I, I don't think they would say anything to him directly. But, you know, you get the looks. And wow. why do you, wow. why why do you think you get flack from your community? I think um, <laughs> in the black community, it's, you know, it's like, you know, they people feel like you're selling out. You're selling your, your, um, your culture. Um, you're selling, which, I, I suppose some people do, and they're not married to a white person. So I don't. I think if you know who you are and you're proud of your culture and who you are, it doesn't matter. It's not going to matter. You're going to raise your children to be proud of who they are, um, and I'm sure this goes on in many cultures. I mean, I, I know plenty of Italians. They just want their children to marry an Italian. I, I mean, my parents. They weren't against it, but I think they had reservations. I, I, guess, I, I know they have reservations, as a matter of fact. Yeah, and I think that. But I think ultimately the, they wanted me to be happy. So, and they and and they love my husband. My father loved my husband. My mother loves my husband. So, you know, sometimes if you just open yourself up, I guess is the. You know, the moral, if you open yourself up and learn something different about somebody, you'll see that you're not that different. And your best friend loves your husband. I and my Patrick. best friend loves <laughs> And he loves her. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, it's just it's just about opening dialogue, I believe, you know, and, and just not being afraid to do it. I would imagine you're proud of how your parents have transformed from having reservations in the beginning to deeply loving your husband now. Is that accurate? I am. I, that's absolutely accurate. And my father's passed now, but probably even more him than my mother. <laughs> um, you know, my father was very old school, um, you know, that it just wasn't something that you did. It wasn't something that happened. So I'm very proud of that. And they, I mean, they even with that, I have to say, they didn't give me a hard time about it. They really didn't. They were taken aback and, you know, probably surprised, but they didn't, you know, shut me out, shut him out. They welcomed him. Well, everybody welcomed him. You know, if the fear fear probably came more from me of how people would react than actually the people who love me, so I probably have to own that. So I wonder if there's a 
piece of advice in there that if somebody hearing this tonight is in a similar situation where they're considering being in an interracial relationship uh, or newly in an interracial relationship, your advice for that person or those people would be what? You know, I would say, like I said earlier, love who you love and be treated because I'm sure everyone out there listening have been in bad relationships with people of the same race. So, you know, if you love who you love and who loves you, that's the most important thing and how they treat you and anything else really shouldn't matter. I love, love, love the how you treat, how they treat you advice. I think that's awesome and excellent for anyone, whether in an interracial relationship or same-race relationship. Right, right, exactly. I agree. You know, I know many people who... Go ahead, I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. No, no, I go ahead, it's fine. What about for parents listening who may be hesitant or upset in some way about their kid dating someone from another race. What's your advice for that person? Listen, <laughs> um, I'm just assuming that any every parent out there loves their children as much as I love mine. And if your child is happy and it's a healthy relationship, then... If you don't support them, you won't have them in your life. And if you love your children, I'm assuming you want them in your life and not at a distance. And, you know, that's all I can say. I think, listen, (laughs) my kids could come home with, I don't care, a woman, a a man, you know, it doesn't, as long as they are treated the way they're supposed to be treated and they're happy, that's the only thing that should matter because we won't be here forever and they have lives to live and they need to live them to the fullest and be happy. Life's too short. Well, I agree with that a thousand percent. Wise words from Lisa Hunter, our guest tonight on Fade to Black, a conversation about race in America, part two. We're talking about interracial dating. I'm Russ Terry on with Tanja Poinsett, my co-host. And if you have a comment or want to ask a question, give us a ring, 619-924-0980. That's 619-924-0980. And press 1 to make that comment or ask that question. Uh, All right, Tanja, I've had... comment really quick uh, regarding... you. um, You know, when I think about the children and the race thing, for me, and I... In total transparency, if I want my son to be happy with who he's dating and it doesn't matter what their race, but it is a second thought in my head, a second concern in my head. If he does uh, only date white women, I will have that second thought in my head. Why is that the preference and is part of that reason a disdain toward other black women? I, I think that would be a genuine concern of mine if I noticed my son only dated white women. Yeah, I, I think if you only date head. anything, it might be a problem. <laughs> I don't know. 
I appreciate your transparency, Tanja. You've opened up about some stuff tonight that, uh, you know, we didn't necessarily talk about in advance, and I am grateful to you for your honesty. And I'm not a parent, so I can't empathize with what it would be like for uh, me if my kid came home with somebody of a different race or only dated a different race. Um, So, yeah, I think uh, kudos to you for feeling open and talking about it. Um, Has Malcolm had uh, girlfriends of another race? Um, His prom date was white, and I knew he, you know, really liked her. But um, never any mention or, you know, hanging out with any black women or black young ladies, I should say. And in talking about his situation, you know, as you said earlier, he went to a primarily white school. It's white people that he's around, so it isn't out of the realm of possibility that he would... Uh, Definitely not. Definitely not. (laughs) No, and that's cool with me. That's cool with me. I I just hope that he would, I hope he wouldn't be doing it because he has some type of disdain toward black women. But, yeah, I'm pretty 99% sure my daughter-in-law is probably going to be white. (laughs) 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 Well, um, uh, who knows uh, what's going to happen, and, uh, you know, uh, at some point in the future at the wedding, uh, we can remember that we yeah, we'll uh, talk talked about, about it. this topic tonight, <laughs> and we'll see what the result is. I'm curious to see. Lisa, what would you say has been the most challenging for, thing for you to deal with or face or overcome over the years? Um... I don't know. Um, I guess just um, the lack of understanding that people have um, and probably, you know, some of the comments that people make. But, um, you know, you have to consider who, who, what people are making these comments. Mm-hmm. You know, are these people who are educated about, you know, different groups of people or are they insulated people who only know one thing and only want to know one thing? Um, So I would say probably that. I mean, but I'm going to be honest with you. I, you know, I guess I just don't think of it like that anymore. I, you know, I'm comfortable. So I just, we're good, <laughs> you know. I mean, that's all I can say is that you know we just live our lives. We try to live, you know, decent lives and care about other people. And I personally keep those people, you know, at bay. So it doesn't really affect me at this point. Excellent. Well, kudos to you that these people don't affect you. Yeah, As you no, may know, not anymore. <laughs> uh, Tanja and I are trying to do good in the world by having these shows on the Power Network. Um, so 
what can you say to people who may not understand why someone would be in an interracial relationship? Um, I don't know what they don't. I mean, I, I just don't. I guess I'm just not getting what is it to not understand. It's like saying, why would someone be in a, um, you know, a, a lesbian relationship? Because that's who they are. That's who they love. I mean, it's, I didn't, you know, me, I know that there are some people who, like Tanja said, only date one race or only, you know, they only date white people. I just happened to meet a guy who was white and we clicked and we fell in love. And it's just, you know, it really is as simple as that. And I think if people sometimes let their guard down and talk to other people, you know, just don't stay stuck in your community and your circle. First of all, you learn a lot more. And second of all, you get to learn about other people. And like you said earlier, I believe, the myths that we have about each other, you know, the the stereotypes that we have about each other, you'll learn that we're all, especially ethnically diverse people, we all have a lot of similar um, traits. So I just think, you know, just let it go. <laughs> let it go. It's 2017. <laughs> you know, and well, and I think the thing that really aggravates me is that the climate that we're in now is just where where are we going where are we going I thought we were going one way and it's like now we're in a you know I hear I I hear things that my kids come home now saying that other kids said that they'd never heard a year and a half ago that's a problem it is a problem you know that's, that's a problem yeah, we talked about that on the last episode, uh, you know, the level of hate and racism in the yes. U.S. has been rising, which is very, very, very unfortunate and troubling. Especially for the young people, you know. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, uh, it looks like we have another caller who wants to join, so let me bring him in, I think him, uh Caller with the 973 area code, uh, you are on the air. Your mic is on. Make sure your computer is on mute. Uh, what is your name and where are you calling from? We can't hear you. Uh, caller with the 973 yep, Oh, go go ahead. Uh, what's your name and where are you calling from? Uh, it's Anthony. I'm calling from Newark, New Jersey. All right, Anthony, welcome. Hi, Anthony. You're our most most loyal listener. We're grateful to you for tuning in. Uh, what's your comment or question? Well, I was just listening to the comments Lisa made, and I agree with her 100%. Love the one you love. That love you, you love them. You could be green, purple, whatever color it is. If you find someone that touches your heart, you love that person. I mean, you can go with what's, you know, the old ways, old sayings, old negative behaviors. I mean, it's 2017. It's really hard to find someone that touches your heart now and that you trust and you really believe in and you really feel for that person. If that person happens to be 
of another color, another race, hey, it is what it is. And, Anthony, you have a daughter, correct? I have a niece. It's not my daughter. (laughs) Okay. niece. so how would you feel if she decided she wanted to date a white man or someone outside of her race? If she's happy, I'm happy. Okay. All right. Mm -hmm. All right. She's happy, I'm happy. I mean, you know, just one more. This world is, you know, it's too... It's you know it's just too much to be thinking about you know another race another color that's the problem with everything that's going on now everybody you know separate and divide we're all one people. Uh, I agree. I guess the reason why I asked you that is because, you know, being Lisa's friend, I remember when it was known that she was dating someone white and eventually married. I seem to have heard um, some opposition from black men not the women, more so the men who felt as if she was selling out. And so I I guess on some level it's kind of confusing because we see so many black men in the media dating outside of their race, marrying outside of their race, or maybe starting out with a black woman and then once, quote, unquote, they become successful, um, then they're with a white woman. So that was just something curious that, I, I, I'm wondering, I would love to speak to black men more so about that, but generally more so what I heard, the negative comments were from other black men who felt like she was selling out, but I never hear them speak about when they see athletes or actors with women of a different race. Yes, uh, that's you know that was a stereotype years ago. Uh, as soon as you can make some money, you'll get you a trophy white woman. That was That was the stereotype. But, you know, like I said, that was years ago. Times have changed, people change, and, you know, people should be more open. I mean, like I said, if someone touches your heart and loves you and they're, they're alien, you better get that alien and love them. Because <laughs> love is hard to find. So you think that happens less now than it did, say, maybe, what, 20 years ago, 10 years ago? Uh, I would say 10. <laughs> I mean, you know, 20 years ago it was really frowned upon. But now people are a little more open. I mean, I've, I've moved to a different state, and that's when I really, you know, got into, you know, being with other people of other races. And I was accepted, but, you know, I'm like, you know, I'm being myself. And the person I, I like, you be yourself. And we like each other. We'll be together. I mean, everybody's not going to accept what you do or who you be with. But, you know, you just got to be yourself and choose this person I choose. And go with the flow. I agree. I think Anthony makes good points. You know, it may, if we're in an interracial relationship, the comments people make may bother us to some extent. However, I think we are um, confident that it's the right decision to be with this person and uh, to try to put those comments to the side. Um, one of my favorite phrases is noted and ignored. In other words, <laughs> I noted that you made the comment, like that. but <laughs> I'm ignoring what you said because that doesn't serve me and me living my best life. So um, I use that for a lot of things. It's appropriate in this case and I think other cases too. And, you know, it doesn't mean it. it doesn't bother us when – you know, people, whether it's our parents' generation or otherwise, make a comment about us when we're in an interracial relationship. But um, I, I still am uh, 
confident in not letting what they say determine how I'm going to live my life. Okay. All right, so, uh, wow, now we have a party there, four of us on the air. I love it. Uh, Lisa, Lisa, any any uh, comments on what Anthony said over the course of the last five or ten minutes? Well, I, I think, the, you know, he's 100% correct. I mean, I, I also, um, it's funny because I had a conversation with someone today, and they said they didn't understand why people get so angry when, people, you know, of mixed-race relationships, um, particularly black and white. And um, I don't I don't understand it because you know, I, I just don't understand why you're in anyone else's bedroom, period. But um, I do, as a black woman, get what Tanja was saying um, in reference to, you know, the black man, they get the white wife, but... In the black community, it seems when a black woman does it, that's when it's a problem. Because I feel in the black community, we are um, expected to stand with a black man, period, no matter what. I mean, listen, bad relationships, people will say something to you about being in an interracial relationship, but it's okay to be in an abusive relationship as long as it's with someone of the same race. That's ridiculous. That's it's just ridiculous. BS. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just ridiculous. So, yeah. you know, listen, <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I get it. I agree with everything Anthony said. Um, you know, especially when you get to a certain age, who, who, like you said, do you think I, I don't care anymore what anybody says, um, you know, comments? It doesn't affect me at all. <laughs> well, uh, how you doing, Lisa? I love what you just said. And uh, Tanja and I both learned something in our life coach training. One of the quotes from the CEO and founder is, the highest form of happiness is a judgment-free zone. And mm-hmm. I think... When people are judging others, that's a level of anger. They're not happy um, or as happy or positive as they could be. And I know I try very hard not to judge others, and I like to think I do a very good job of it. Um, And, uh, you know, my mom always says, live and let live. And I think that's really excellent advice also. Absolutely. All right. It looks like we have another caller, so caller with the 973 area code. If you want to make a comment or ask a question, press 1 on your keypad. For the rest of you listening, if you want to join in the discussion, give us a ring, 619-924-0980. That's 619-924-0980. All right, Uh, caller with the 973 area code. Make sure your computer is on mute if you're listening on your computer. Your mic is on. What's your name and where are you calling from? Hi, my name is Sharon. I'm calling from North New Jersey. Um, I'm actually friends with Tonja and Lisa. Hi. I love it. Hi. Hello, Sharon. Hi. Thanks for calling. Hello. Okay. I actually have a question for Lisa, and I don't think I've ever asked you this question, knowing you, you know, and Patrick, who we all love. <laughs> um, but I'm 
I'm wondering, has anyone ever, um, like a coworker or someone that really doesn't know you that well, that doesn't know that you're in an interracial marriage, said anything offensive to you about your husband's race? And how did you deal with that? And how did you deal with that person afterwards? Yes, yes, and yes. <laughs> um, um, and yes, usually a coworker who doesn't know, you know, my husband's white, um, will say something that's offensive, and I will just look at them and I'll say, you know, my husband's white, right? And then they'll go, oh, I didn't know, oh, I didn't know, and I go, okay, that's okay, and that's right. It. Do you do you find that the person afterwards is trying to? overcompensate for their, you know, um, offensive remark, like, you know, I I know at times, you know, the opposite when, you know, it's a, a, a black person, someone of another race may say something offensive, they kind of over, overcompensate and say, oh, well, I have black friends and, you know, like, <laughs> oh, I'm not, you know, do you, how do you I'll deal be with the person afterwards? But I'll be honest with you, um, they, you know, obviously it's usually a black coworker who will say something, <laughs> and it's I guess um, no, they don't try to overcompensate. No, I think um, once they know, I mean, the people that I've encountered, once they know, they, um, you know, they, they are pretty normal. They are. I mean, I can't. I think it's just the fact that they didn't know, and I kind of put them on the spot. So they they back off, and they they won't obviously won't say certain things around me. Um, but I've had people say, "Oh my God, you know, you were married to a white guy." I'm like, Shop. "Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know that it was something I had to announce either." I mean, I, you know, I, that's kind of how I feel. Like. Am I supposed to, like, when I meet new black people, because this is usually how it goes, am I supposed to announce first that I'm with the white guy? I don't know. It doesn't change who I am. It's just, you know, I mean, as you get to know me, you'll know. You'll see my kids. You'll see my husband. You know, I, 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 don't, I don't know how that goes. I haven't really figured that out, I have to say. Wow. I I never knew that people would say that oh, wow yeah. i didn't know you were married oh, to a yeah. white guy like i that is so inappropriate and so <laughs> oh no please i mean right i mean listen listen i've had people say i can't believe you're married to a white guy i've had it all said to me you kidding i bet but you i guess write i it know yeah, I, I guess because i'm you know at this point i'm you know we've been together for 20 years or Really, that doesn't affect me. <laughs> you know, I, I know. I have a question for you, Lisa. I and this is something I've never asked you. Also, with part of tonight's conversation, we were talking about cultural misconceptions that we have against other races. Where did you have anything that you thought about white people that you learned was or wasn't true once you started dating Patrick? Ooh. Hmm. I have to think about that. Um, I can't think of anything really right now that 
you know, I thought, I, listen, I, I just, you know, I, I guess, I mean, I never thought all white people were racist. So that's, you know, I, no, I can't think of anything right now. Okay. Yeah, I can't, not off the top of my head. Um, besides, I mean, you know, my husband. <laughs> yes, I, mean, I know I just, yeah, I just. I mean, we just have a lot of things in common, you know. And that's the other thing. Like, you have things in common with people, and you fall in love. I mean, that's it. Uh, Russ, just to give you a little color on um, her husband Patrick, he's a a pun very intended um, or no pun intended, <laughs> yeah, right? No, he's uh, right. No pun intended. Good catch. <laughs> Uh, he's a very uh, boisterous person. He uh, he does not conceal how he's feeling. He will let you know how he's feeling at any given moment. He will he won't hold anything in. Like uh, I guess I don't know how this sounds, but to me he would be that white guy who would date any woman he wanted to and not care what anyone thought. I love yeah, it. Yeah, I would pretty much say that. Yeah, I would. You know. And I'm, uh, you know, I I don't even know. I've never even asked him. Like, um, you know, people have made comments to him. Now I probably am gonna ask him tonight. Like, you know, like how uh, Sharon asked me about at work and things like that. Um, I I have to ask him. That's a, that's a good question. It's a good question. But he, I mean, we used to work together, and I mean, he would say to me, "Oh, listen, that guy, he or that woman or whoever it is." Don't they, he would tell me, you know, they they have different racial views than you, to put it nicely. So you know, I mean, so yeah, yeah. Um, Lisa, right. may I ask you something? Yes. Um, your children. I was just thinking in interracial relationships, it's the children. It might be you know a little hard on them because kids are cruel. Other kids mm-hmm. are cruel. Some of the mm-hmm. things they may say may offend the kids, and they might not understand. They might take it out of context. But, you know, kids can say some stuff make your skin crawl. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. being a, an interracial child, I'm sure it's challenging. Um, I don't know if you were listening earlier, but I was telling Russ and Tanja how my oldest daughter, who she, you wouldn't necessarily look at her and say, oh, you know, she's a black girl or even a mixed girl. You may, maybe if someone told you, you'd say, oh, yeah, she is. Um, but she could definitely just be a white girl, okay, if, you know. Um, yeah, she's heard things. I mean, I, I can remember her in high school and she had a thing with some other girl and, you know, her. she called her, she was kept calling her panda, you know. Um, wow. I guess that's not the worst thing that you can be called, right? I said, I go, but pants are cute. So, you know, <laughs> I mean, but, you know, on the other side, I mean, as a black little girl growing up, I had that. So I think it's just, you know, it's just the struggle in, you know, I think in this country, period. I mean, and you just have to, you get stronger from it. You, you get hurt by it. You, but you also learn to deal with it. Yeah, you you have to, you know. One of the things that I want so, to make sure to mention is to commend you, Lisa, on your courage, um, not only for 
coming on the show tonight, but for the life that you have lived and are living and your courage to say something, especially to those coworkers who said, oh, I can't believe you're married to a white man or whatever <laughs> their inappropriate yeah, comments are. Yeah, I appreciate are. that. And I think... Yeah, people don't think. <laughs> people don't think, and I, I think... Um, you know, sometimes, a lot of times, when somebody says something inappropriate and offensive, I think for a lot of us who are non-confrontational, we tend to not say something because it's not in our nature to confront someone. So I absolutely think it takes courage to say to someone, hey, you know what, what you just said is actually offensive and I want to point that out to you or, you know, whatever you say and how you say it. So I think you are very courageous, Lisa, and uh, I'm honored that I've gotten to chat with you uh, on the air and we've had you on uh, our episode tonight. And uh, I definitely encourage others who are listening out there to be courageous like Lisa. If somebody says something to you that's inappropriate about interracial dating or another race in general, um, if you see something, say something, just like the sign you see on the subway. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I think that's a, you know, a good way for all of us to live, and it's hard. And I know for me personally, when I've been in those situations, in the moment you're like, I can't believe that person just said that. And <laughs> right. it's hard, it's hard right. to formulate a response because, A, you know, you're so taken aback that they would say something so offensive. And, B, it's hard to think on your feet that quickly about mm-hmm. what to say and how to say it. That's right. That's right. And I have to say, I, you know, I wasn't always, this courageous, as you say, I appreciate that. <laughs> um, I don't really look at it like it, but I wasn't always. I, you know, I didn't want confrontation, didn't want, but I guess it's age. <laughs> I don't know. So I would say to all the young people, just, you know, stay strong, stay strong. Sharon, what motivated you? Sharon, what motivated you to call in tonight? Well, just listening to my friend and her story and hear her speak, it, you know, we've we've been friends for years, and to actually hear her just open up about her, um, you know, her life and her family's life and her children, and you know, uh, uh, we, like I said, we've. Pat, we, we didn't. We don't look at Patrick as, you know, Lisa's married to a white man. We look at Patrick as Lisa's married to Patrick, you know. So we, we, that's who she loves, and that's who loves her. And just to hear some of the things that she's talked about, and you know, I'm like, oh, I never. We never talk really about Patrick's race or Lisa's race. We just. They're a couple, so I just just hearing her speak about it, and you know, I just you know had to ask that question like, has ever, anyone ever said anything to you? Because I I don't even think that, you know, when I think about her marriage or you know her children. 
I was just uh, telling like she Russ said, earlier. love is love. You know, that's that's her love, and I don't think of it. I don't see it any other way. And I wish more people would just be that open. You know, it's 2017. We shouldn't see this. We shouldn't see, you know, black or white or, you know, any any anything. You know, it's love is love. I was just telling Russ earlier, Elisa, Patrick being white is such a quote-unquote non-factor. I didn't even occur to me to consider calling Lisa about an interracial show because he's not white Patrick to us. He's just Patrick. He's Uncle Patrick to my son. He's just Uncle Patrick. So I really wish, and we love him, and I really wish that more people across the world could get to experience that. (laughs) Oh, gosh. No, it's absolutely true. And I also want to commend the two of you, Tanja and Sharon, for being such excellent, supportive friends to Lisa as she's been on this journey these 20-ish years or so. And uh, I think uh, all three of you are an inspiration for the rest of us. And as I said before, hopefully people hearing this tonight, um, you know, if you are contemplating being in in a racial relationship, go for it. If you... um, have a kid who is in one, um, be supportive of them. If you have friends who are in one, be supportive of them and try to learn. I mean, I feel like I've learned stuff tonight. Hopefully our listeners have learned stuff tonight. I know when I meet people from other cultures and who are of other races and uh, all kinds of stuff like that, I feel like I learn by talking to them. I ask them Mm -hmm. questions and find out about their life experience and share perspectives. Um, You know, it's why we do these episodes here, and uh, hopefully we are doing some good in the world. Hopefully so. And to bring some levity to the conversation, you get to try all these great, awesome new types of food. (laughs) 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 You get to expand your palate. That's right, yes. One of my favorite restaurants in the city when I first moved here was Negril Village, having that Jamaican food and that jerk Mm -hmm. chicken. Oh, my freaking God. Uh, Don't get me started. Uh, It was so good. All right, so we have uh, about five minutes left. Uh, Final thoughts from everyone. Uh, Anthony, let's go to you first. We'll do gentlemen before ladies tonight, uh, mixing it up here on the Power Network. Final thoughts for our listeners, Anthony. My final thought is, like I I reiterate, if someone loves you, they put the twinkle in their eye, they put that, you know, that glide in your step, whatever color they are, that's the person you be with. Step out on a leaf of faith and be with that person. You can't care what nobody else says about it. That's what makes you happy. Go with it. Excellent. I love it. Well, Anthony, thank you for being our number one listener and caller. We're grateful to you for being on the last two episodes. I know. I love it. Uh, Sharon, (laughs) what about you? Final thoughts for our listeners? Uh, My final thought is I'm going to piggyback on Anthony and say that love is love. That's what Lisa said earlier, and that, you know, it's all about love, and I think we should just open our minds and hearts and not look at, you know, race or, you know, 
religion or and, and whatever is in your heart, I think that, you know, it'll make the world a better, better place. Excellent. By the way, I see that we have a caller. So, Lisa, let's go to you first, and then we'll quickly bring the caller in. Lisa, what are your final thoughts? Um, I, you know, ditto everything Anthony and um, Sharon said, and I will say, if you ever need a liver, I don't think you're going to ask what race the person is. Uh, you're right. <laughs> that, that's <laughs> excellent. Very good advice. All right, uh, caller in the 757 area code, uh, I bet that is my friend Julian. Julian, is that you? Yes, sir. All right, so uh, what is your, yes, uh, we have a few minutes left. Thank you for listening. I know you've been listening on the way home and for calling in. What is your comment or question? Yeah, like I think one of the biggest things that, you know, I've had to deal with, and I imagine like a lot of people had to deal with uh, being black men in this country. I don't know, I'm, a, I'm a larger black man. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm really like, you know, docile in nature. But every time I, when I'm out and I'm meeting people of, you know, white, like people that have you know, a certain kind of culture, like white people with a certain kind of culture, I'm always, they always think I'm aggressive. Even like, say like, you know, even when I interact with like police officers and you know, I interact with you know, authoritarian figures, they always come off me at me like I'm an aggressive person. We had a roommate uh, just leave yesterday, and he thinks like, he, like he's trying to play the card. Then I'm, I'm about to beat him up, and like no, I'm never approached the dude ever. Like I've been nice, nothing but nice to the dude, and like now like he's, he thinks I'm gonna you know, try to like like beat him up for like nothing. I mean it just happens all the time. Like you like, like cops. Like a couple years ago, I dealt with um, this police officer. He, he automatically took a side of the other person because they thought, you know, I was a big aggressive black dude, all about like, like, no, just my appearance, and it's just it's, it's something I encounter all the time, and you know, it kind of like works against my favor because people assume my nature, and, you know, it's kind of like it makes me and it villainizes me. Yeah, we could probably have an entirely separate discussion on that, mm-hmm. uh, black men and uh, interactions with police. So um, perhaps that's an idea for a future show, and, you know, we would definitely love to have you back. Uh, I know you're trying to get home in time to call in tonight. Um, Tanja, I want to go back to you. Uh, final thoughts for our audience and also tell our listeners when your uh, solo show is going to debut, if you have an update on that. Yes, first I'd like to say thank you to my dear friends for um, supporting what I'm doing here and for taking the time to give us a peep into her personal life because like, even though we're friends, we never talk like this. So I wanted to extend a special thank you to Lisa for opening up and being so candid during her conversation, and Lisa and Anthony for calling in with their questions. And and I guess, like I said before, my final wish, if I had one wish, a genie in a bottle, is that we could just see each other as human beings, and I think that we would evolve so much as a race, the human race. We would evolve so much if we could just get past this race thing, and I also feel that it's perpetuated perpetuated, did I say that right, by higher powers because it keeps us divided. And when we're divided, we can't accomplish anything. So, you know, as long as we have, you know, all of these divisions, racial divisions, we will never evolve. Um, As far as my show, what's Tanja talking about, uh, that will be on the first and third Sundays at 7 p.m., 
and uh, hopefully I will have just as good a show as we had tonight, Russ. Thank you again for being such a gracious host with me and offering me this opportunity. Thank you. I'm so glad we met. Now, see, if I was a racist, I would have blew Russ off, but he is one of the best persons in my life right now. (laughs) So let it go, people. Let it go. All right. Well, thank you, Tanja. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you, callers. It's been an excellent, very informative episode. Grateful to everybody for dialing in. And, of course, my co-host, Tanja, tune in to her show. For all of you listening at home or on the podcast or on the replay, grateful to you for listening. And uh, we'll be back on the air another time soon. Thanks, everyone. Have an excellent night. Good night, everyone. Good night.